You are listening to Stories from Real Life, a podcast by engaging storytellers for engaged story listeners. Here's your host, author and journalist, Melvin E. Edwards. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Stories from Real Life. I'm your host, Melvin E. Edwards, and I have the pleasure of being joined by League 42 founder, Bob Lutz. You may have seen him in the news recently talking about the terrible crime that occurred involving his youth baseball league. Mr. Lutz, thanks for joining me today to discuss the vandalism and destruction of the Jackie Robinson statue in Wichita, Kansas. Well, I appreciate you having me, Melvin. I enjoy the opportunity to talk about Jackie Robinson and League 42 and uh, not necessarily uh, this terrible crime, but uh, I do, we've confronted it head on and we're making a terrible situation uh, a lot better. Okay. And I know this is not a happy occasion to meet, but I'm, I'm pleased that you'd be able to join me today. So um, League 42 was named after Jackie Robinson's um, uniform number with the Brooklyn Dodgers and uh, Mr. Lutz formed this local youth baseball league for children ages five to 14, primarily in urban areas. He founded it in 2013 and the league has grown to support more than 600 kids on 46 teams that hold their practices and games at McAdams park in Wichita. And it also offers educational programs. So before I begin, I just want to find out how you are doing personally I'm sure the past week has been a roller coaster for you. Well, it's been a straight line roller coaster of havoc, really. It's been uh, nonstop uh, interviews and uh, requests to talk to people. <clears throat> it's uh, re- people reaching out and offering support, uh, both emotionally and uh, financially. So it's just, uh, I have really, we're talking about this happening nine days ago. I don't think I've been able to really collect myself to really uh, look at how I feel about it all. It's just been nonstop. Uh, Some ways not good, some ways very good. So a lot of emotions, a lot of different, uh, I never know what any day is going to bring. I never know who's going to call and offer uh, financial support or uh, just reach out and ask how I'm doing. Uh, Our whole organization is devastated by the loss of the statue because it symbolizes so much uh, as Jackie Robinson, all these years later, uh, still symbolizes so much. So we miss him, but uh, we're going to bring him back to McAdams Park. We've already ordered the new statue and we'll erect it. Uh, they tell me it's about a six month time frame. So sometime in August, we'll have a big get together at McAdams Park after our season concludes. Uh, we might make it a postseason massive celebration. Uh, so uh, lots of things still to come in, in this story. All right. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes next. So what do you think was the motivation behind the crime? Do authorities consider it a hate crime or is it just something entirely random? No, I've tried to avoid that and the guessing game that goes with things like this because obviously Jackie Robinson's an African-American and uh, stood for many things beyond baseball. Um, I don't, I'm choosing right now and I'm, I'm 
fairly confident that this is ignorant people doing an ignorant thing. Uh, I don't think it's a racially motivated crime. Uh, certainly hope not. Uh, but whatever kind of crime it is, it's a terrible crime and it's a selfish crime. And uh, we hope these folks are apprehended very, very soon. We, be, we believe they will be. <clears throat> and we hope they face uh, the justice that uh, they deserve. Going back to the beginning of your formation for, of League 42, can you tell me about the journey that led to you um, getting the idea to get this league started? Well, I'm a, I'm a former sports writer. I did that for many, many years. And I worked at the Wichita Eagle here uh, for almost 43 years. <clears throat> Excuse me. And during a lot of that time, I would talk to a coworker, a specific coworker, also a baseball lover, and I would share with him that man, I, I would love to be involved in a youth sports league that brought baseball to the urban part of Wichita, especially to African American youngsters, uh, because the game needs them. Major League Baseball, uh, as you know, is is vastly short of African-American players. Uh, the game has not really infiltrated the culture the way football and basketball have. And I just thought, man, it'd be so wonderful to see uh, black kids playing baseball here in Wichita. And so for years I talked about that and people talk about things and they don't they don't do much and their lives are busy and They've got a job and a family, and then they don't really follow up. So one day, I, I've been doing a radio show in this market now for a long time as well. So one day on radio, I was talking about this, as I often did, talk, talk, talk. And in the show, somebody reached out to me and said, you know, you've, you've talked about this. Why don't you do something? And that really triggered something. And... I said, you know, this it's now or never. I was 58 years old at the time in 2013. Um, it was obvious that either I tried to step up at that point or that it had all been just a talk. Uh, so I set about trying to make something happen. I uh, reached out on social media to ask if anybody was going to get, get behind it. Uh, our first meeting, we had five guys meet. Uh, and uh, uh, we, I guess enough happened at that meeting to inspire me to try to have a second meeting. And at that one, maybe 10 people met and then 20. And then before we knew it, there were 80 to 100 people in a meeting room at McAdams Park. And the idea caught fire and we had attorneys and accountants and police officers and uh, people from all walks of life who helped us form this nonprofit. And we were off and running in the uh, fall of 2013. And by the spring of 2014, uh, we had put together a 16-team league with over just over 200 kids, many of them black. We had uh, we had gone to we had gone everywhere in Wichita to try to drum up interest and get kids enrolled and. Sure enough, we got a league off the ground and it grew from 200 the first year to 330 the next year and then to 470. And we've been at our cap of 600 kids now for uh, about five years. Wow, that's very impressive. I've, I've been involved in youth baseball for years and years myself. 
you can probably see my Annapolis American Legion jersey that I'm wearing right now. Cool and jersey. when I lived in Maryland, I live in Texas now. Thanks. And um, when I was in Maryland, I was very involved in the American Legion baseball program. And, and one of my efforts was also getting some of the kids in the inner cities involved in baseball. And a lot of a lot of the um, difficulty with baseball is startup costs. Like with basketball, if one kid in the neighborhood has basketball, has as a basketball, several kids can play. But with baseball, you need your own individual equipment. So sometimes that's an, an impediment for for families who are already on tight budgets. So, so I'm huge, really pleased that it's a huge impediment, as you were saying, Melvin. So what League 42 set about to do was to make this game affordable to kids and families. Uh, we knew we couldn't charge what travel teams or other other leagues in the suburbs charge. Uh, there, we would add zero enrollment. So we decided we the initial idea was to make it free, and, and we eventually came to the conclusion that it's best to have families uh, invest something uh, that way they'll feel like they're more of a part of it. So we settled on $30 per child or per family of siblings. So if you have three kids in your family and they all want to play, it's still a total of $30 to play. We oh, put all the baseball yes. equipment, the uniform. Uh, so we do all of that. And we just ask for that small uh, fee at the at the outset. Wow, I've never heard of any league that's that's that affordable. That's that's pretty amazing. I'm I'm sure the community wide effort to generate funds um, helped along that that process. So I'm curious where the funding for the original statue came from. Was that sort of the same kind of groundswell of interest from the community? Well, we had to fight for that original statue uh, because when League Forty Two was formed, shortly after, I I I knew that uh, ultimately. It would be very important for us not only to represent Jackie Robinson uh, in our in our name, League 42, and in our spirit, but that we would need a physical uh, a physical uh, way to recognize him. And I worked at uh, trying to convince our board at the time that a statue was needed. Uh, there were some who agreed. There were some who thought our resources needed to be put to better use. This was going to be a big expense we thought at the time a $75,000 expense minimum uh, and we were just kind of getting started and everybody thought man that's a lot of money for a fledgling organization to put into a statue uh, but I I'm I'm kind of a never say die guy so I uh, kept pushing on that and uh, finally convinced them that I had a friend that I grew up with uh, in Derby, Kansas, which is very close to Wichita, who was a sculptor and had done some amazing work. Uh, I knew we could get him to do this at a, a reduced price, at a fair price from, from our friendship. Uh, he told me he would do that. So I convinced the board, to, let's move ahead with this. It's not going to be as expensive expensive as we thought. And the next step, Melvin, was to get approval. Uh, I didn't quite take all that into account, what that would entail. So first we had to reach out to the Jackie Robinson Foundation and let them know what we were doing. They, they instructed us that we would need family approval from Jackie's family. So okay. we were thinking about on that, trying to find those family members. And we came upon Sharon, 
uh, who's a big part of the Jackie Robinson Foundation. And we work very closely with her on uh, getting approval for the statue, first of all, but then the other entity we had to get uh, approval from was Jackie's name, image, and likeness attorneys. So John had a, a model, a photo that he found that he thought would be a great depiction of Jackie Robinson. Uh, we took it, uh, he, he molded it, he created the mold. Uh, we took it to uh, Rachel and, and showed her um, as it developed. She liked it all the way along. Uh, the, the hindrance became Jackie's widow, Rachel. And I don't mean the word hindrance negatively. Uh, she was a stickler for how the statue should look. And so we had to tweak it a few times, John did. And the ultimate tweak that made her happy was to create a bigger smile on the hmm. statue of General hmm. Robbins. So when we did that, and the, the smile was not in the photo, he was not necessarily smiling, but in the statue he is. And uh, she signed off on that enthusiastically, and we went down that road and had it built and uh, unveiled it and erected it in uh, April of 2021. <laughs> wow, that's that's pretty nice. All right, so after the news broke recently about the destruction of the statue, many individuals came to the rescue from what I've seen online. And I understand that you recently received, or this week, received a pretty nice infusion of funds from Major League Baseball. Can you share the story of how that relationship developed? Well, League 42 is, uh, we do, we're doing really good things with kids, and we're really introducing the game to kids uh, who would not have uh, an introduction to it. They just would ignore it because it's uh, out of their price range. So uh, Major League Baseball has stated its uh, similar goal and had a, a their RBI program, uh, which is designed uh, to introduce baseball to the same kinds of kids that we're trying to introduce it to. So we're not in a major league city. Uh, we're close. Kansas City's a two and a half hour, three hour drive. But because we're not in a major league city, it's been a little bit difficult to uh, attach ourselves and, and get indoctrinated with MLB. Uh, so not that we haven't tried, uh, but with the statue theft, uh, Everybody in the country seems to be aware of this, and a lot of people have reached out to us, and Major League Baseball has uh, come on board with League 42. They've learned our story. I've been talking all week to their people, including their director of uh, communications, and most recently, their the director of their foundation. And they are stepping up in a big way to help us, and we're going to uh, do some things beyond their donation. Uh, we're going to apply for some funding uh, from some of their grants and their foundation. So we're uh, we're elated that we're now on Major League Baseball's radar. I've been able to tell them our story, much as I'm telling you our story today. And mm -hmm. it's a good story to tell. It's a it's one of really basically it's it's a, a in, we're champions for kids and everybody loves those stories. And uh, this is a good one. And we've been fortunate to have their ear and the ears of many other people. We've talked to the players Alliance. Uh, we've had many other conversations that we otherwise wouldn't have had. And uh, that's what I meant when I said earlier, we're trying to turn a terrible situation 
into a happy ending. Well, it sounds like we're on the way to accomplishing that. So can you tell me a little bit more about League 42 and how important this statue is to that organization? I just wanted to say uh, we we have ordered the new statue, so it's uh, that that uh, mechanism that's moving as we speak. Uh, you you asked me to tell you a little bit more about League Forty Two and the statue. Yes, how um, how important the statue is to the organization. Well, I uh, yesterday on Facebook I asked our, our parents and in, in emails I asked our parents to send me photos of they have, that they have of their kids with the statue. We have some, but obviously our families have been over there a lot to take photos with their kids. So I asked them to send me some photos, and I got 40 or 50, and we've shared those on social media, and they're coming in even this morning. So this is a statue that embodies everything that League, League 42 stands for. It's right in the middle of our baseball complex as you enter from the north there are two biggest fields on either side of it to the east and west of the statue uh it's illuminated at night with some great lighting and there's some artwork around it that uh, that uh, portrays uh, what jackie robinson stood for it's an entire pavilion devoted to jackie robinson and not just a statue and our kids gather there after games when, you know, when you have your team meeting after a game, a lot of our mm-hmm. coaches will take their kids over to the pavilion to have those meetings. They're surrounded by Jackie. Uh, we meet there before games. Uh, we have people that stop by at all times of the day. Uh, it's, it's a destination point to some degree. Uh, after this, it will be a destination point to every degree. I believe we'll see people coming from far and near uh, to visit the Jackie Robinson Pavilion in Wichita. So uh, just a few days ago, in fact, Melvin, some of our people were at our facility, which is across the street. It's called the Leslie Rudd Learning Center. We just opened that this year. We've been in a big fundraising campaign, and it includes some offices and a a classroom and uh, an indoor baseball training area. we run a lot of education programs through there. So one of our people was looking across the street uh, the other day and saw a tour bus pull up and folks got out of the bus, as she said, about 18 to 20, and they gathered around the place where the statue had been and they started to pray. Um, mm-hmm. So that was pretty, uh, <laughs> uh, that, that humbled us quite a bit. So it's been an, it's been an amazing process. Uh, we're glad to have this attention. Uh, we feel a need now to really rise to the level uh, to show the worth, to show our worth of all this attention. And uh, that's what we're going to do. So why is re- why is Jackie Robinson still relevant today? Well, I think he's as relevant today as he's ever been. And uh, we're still fighting the struggles that he fought. Uh, we've certainly made uh, a lot of progress, uh, but there's there's so much more to do, and he kind of embodies and stands for that. All the struggles that he had to endure uh, to get to, to where he wanted to be. We have a one of our programs we call the Passion Project, and uh, that's a program where we bring in speakers uh, to talk to our kids 
about passion and uh, the importance of passion and, and what role it can play in, in success, or even beyond that, just living life. Uh, we don't want our kids to live a life that's void of passion. Uh, passion is such a good thing when used in the correct way. So that's a program we do. I got an email. Uh, I've been trying to build up attendance for that program. It's been a little bit spotty so far. So I sent out an email to our parents about what we can do better. And um, I've got some really good emails back. But one I got back yesterday indicated that, you know, seven, eight-year-old kids just don't have the attention span to listen to speakers like that. And I've been digesting that and rolling that around in my head. And my thought is, um, well, you're the parent that should be there with them, and you should explain the importance of what they're hearing. And our speakers are not boring. I've been to every single one of them. They're amazing. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I understand that, yeah, seven- and eight-year-olds can be difficult to uh, to get their attention for a half hour. But I just believe the message is so important here that uh, as a parent, uh, it's kind of on you to make sure they do pay attention for that half hour or however long the speaker right. is. So we do a lot of things. We have a Bright Lights education program for after school and enrichment for kids who doesn't matter if you're struggling, if you're a straight A student, uh, we'll make uh, our educators are determined to enhance and enrich education. We have the Passion Project. We have a, a program called uh, Full Count, which is a financial literacy program with uh, one of our credit unions in Wichita. And then we have a Bats and Badges program that we run in conjunction with the Wichita Crime Commission and area law enforcement and first responders. And that design is to, first of all, allow kids to have some very cool activities, but also to uh, develop relationships with uh, those in law enforcement, especially so that uh, they don't they don't look at law enforcement as a threat to them necessarily. They look at law enforcement as a uh, help to them. That's all very important. Very important. I like to talk about um, Jackie Robinson a little bit more outside of his baseball playing career, which most people know him as the first black player in modern baseball history. But what has always fascinated me about him is how much more there was to him. And he lived such a short life. I believe he was 52 years old when he died. But before he became a Major League Baseball player, he was a four-sport athlete at UCLA. I don't know how you have time to play four sports. That's that's a crazy amount of athletic ability for one thing and time commitment on the other. And then after college, he went into the military and was a military officer. And I'm, my, I'm in Texas, my home state here. And he was based at, at Fort Hood in um, Colleen, Texas. And that's where he was court-martialed for refusing to sit at the back of the military bus. And I don't. that's a story that I think needs to be rekindled. A lot of people, there's a movie called The Court-Martial of Jackie Robinson. Great, great movie. And if, if he had been court-martialed, if he had been convicted of the court-martial, he never would have become a baseball player because um, they just wouldn't have accepted him into that role. And so because he was willing to stand up for his civil rights and he won the case, 
then that became, that gave him even more standing. And then after his baseball career, he was a civil rights leader. He and Martin Luther King were very close friends and, and fought together in a, in, a, in a number of marches. So the well-rounded aspect of Becky Robinson's life is something that's always fascinated me. And I hope um, the kids in, in the baseball program learn about his baseball life, but also his life outside of the game. Yeah, we make every effort to uh, give the as much of the full story of Jackie as we can and to encourage our kids to uh, look into all that. Uh, you know, the movie 42 and Chadwick Boseman was phenomenal in that movie. And I, I miss that guy a lot because uh, he was phenomenal in everything he did. But certainly in his portrayal of Jackie, it, it really focused on uh, the baseball life of Jackie Robinson, which <laughs> there's a lot to focus on there because he's one of the greatest players who ever lived. And uh, but to be like you said, even before that, and what he did as an athlete in college, you're right. Four sports—that's crazy. Uh, nobody would even <laughs> nobody would even think of that today. Uh, so we have five divisions in our in our league, five age groups. Uh, we start with our T-ballers, and that's the Lancers, and that's uh, the Lancers were the nickname of Jackie's high school team. The next yeah, age division good. is the coach pitch, and that's the Bruins. So uh, he played at UCLA. Then we go to the Monarchs, Monarch Division. He played in the Negro Leagues with the Kansas City Monarchs. Our Dodger Division, of course, is Major League time with Brooklyn. Uh, and then uh, the older division is the Veteran Division, and that's to honor his time as a service member. So everything we do, as you can tell, is kind of built around and focused on uh, this great man, Jackie Robinson. And uh, I, what, what gives me almost as much pleasure as watching kids play baseball is knowing that uh, they are in, indoctrinated to Jackie's life and career. And I'm going to tell you, Melvin, another way this is, is going to turn into a positive is that uh, kids, not just in Wichita, but really all over, uh, are hearing about this and because it's everywhere, it's certainly on social media and, and uh, it's, it's a way to keep Jackie's name out there. It's just, I mean, you never want a destruction of a statue, a theft of a statue. It's, it's a heinous crime. It has no merit. There's no possible explanation, but <clears throat> As we look on, look back on this, as we get uh, more down the road, uh, this has a this has the opportunity to do something uh, very positive for not just uh, those of us in Wichita, but really all over. It's a matter of uh, you know getting the message of Jackie Robinson out there. Absolutely, and you guys sound like you're doing a wonderful job. So uh, you mentioned earlier having been a reporter at the Wichita newspaper for 43 years, including 21 as a sports columnist. Is, is Wichita your hometown? I grew up in Derby. I was actually born in Winfield, Kansas, which is about an hour, a little less than an hour away. And my parents moved to Derby when I was two years old, and that's where I grew up and went to school and graduated from high school. It's just a suburb of Wichita although Derby would not want me saying that. They're their own place, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
but it's very nearby Wichita. And I, when I got the job at the newspaper here in 1974, when I was 19 years old, uh, I've lived in Wichita ever since. Yeah, my only experience in Kansas was in Pittsburgh. I'm sure you know where Pittsburgh, Kansas is. Yes, sir. Yeah, when uh, I was, yeah, I went yeah, to college in Arkansas, okay. a small college in Arkansas, and we we played. I played baseball, and we played against um, the Pittsburgh State Gorillas. Yes, sir. <laughs> Windiest place I've ever been. <laughs> I mean, we have some wind here for sure. <laughs> So where, where does the league go from here now that you generated initially from a negative situation uh, and then now morphing into something very positive? Where, where does the league go from here? That's a great question. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, trying to figure that out as we speak. I, I think we're uh, right now I'm on a day to day mode, so I haven't really had a chance to really look down the road very far. I know that uh, we're very, we want, we're working to enhance our relationship with uh, Bob Kendrick and the Negro League Museum. I think there's some things that can happen there. You know, when the statue was, uh, was taken, it was sawed off just above uh, Jackie Robinson's uh, feet. Uh, so that part of the, the larger part of the statue was taken away in a pickup truck. The feet remained behind. And those were removed by the city of Wichita Parks and Rec, and they've been stored in a safe place. And uh, I believe those can become a symbol, another symbol of whatever you think they can be a symbol of. But they can certainly become a a symbol of the ongoing struggles uh, for equality and civil rights. And uh, nobody embodies that more than Jackie Robinson. And I think there's a way to use those, uh, those bronze feet as, as a way to uh, portray that. And uh, we're, we're going to talk to the Negro League Museum about potentially uh, getting those in, in their exhibit in Kansas City. I think that's a perfect place for them. And uh, had an initial conversation with Bob And that's something we certainly are enthusiastic about pursuing. As for where we go, uh, we've had tremendous interest. We have 600 kids, so we're full for this year. Uh, We really don't want to try to accommodate many more than that because we uh, believe strongly in, in quality over quantity. We're able to work very effectively with 600 kids on 46 teams, but if you think about it, that means we have to find uh, 46 volunteer head coaches uh, and then a bunch of volunteer assistant coaches. Uh, So (laughs) that's always uh, one of our biggest challenges is to find coaches for League 42. Now we have tutors uh, as part of our Bright Lights education program. So we're looking for tutors all the time as well. So we, uh, we rely on a lot of volunteers, and uh, we've been able to make this work. We're in our 11th year. I hope League 42 uh, is around for many, 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 many more years. I am uh, going to be 69 in March, so I don't know how much longer I'll be having this kind of involvement, but uh, it's certainly been a, uh, a defining part of my life for sure to be associated with this organization. 
Wow, what a what a legacy it's turning out to be. You you may not have planned it to be that way, but it's certainly certainly turning out to be that way. Yeah, and and uh, you know we I look over every day when I leave our building, which I said is across the street from the Jackie Robinson Pavilion and statue, and it's kind of catty corner. So every day I leave our building, and I still find myself looking over there and. Uh, that's what happened on the day the statue was taken. I came out of the office at noon, and strangely, for about a 12-hour period, Melvin, because um, this theft happened overnight between midnight and 1 a.m., and nobody had noticed that the statue was gone until I came out of our building uh, just after noon uh, last Thursday, uh, almost 12 days ago now. And we looked, I looked over there and I didn't see the statue. It was rainy. It was a little foggy. I thought maybe, maybe it's there and that's just uh, being blurred out. So I called our administrative assistant, Jacqueline, out to look and she didn't see it either. And I had a, uh, I just, uh, I, I had almost a panic attack and I asked her to go over and check it out. And sure enough, she saw that the statue had been cut off. Uh, just above the ankles. Fortunately, uh, our cameras, our security cameras at our building were able to help police identify the truck. Uh, they made, uh, they, they, they got the truck. Uh, as we are talking today, they have not yet apprehended the culprits, but they will. And uh, so, yeah, lots of emotions. That was a very, very difficult time. My first reaction was to say, man, if if this kind of stuff, and, and we've really never had any problems with that at all in our 10 years. But my first reaction, I'm a very emotional person, was to say, I don't know if we can do this. If, if, if we're going to, if this was going to happen, I, I don't know what our future looks like. But uh, with a little time, uh, we've come back, and I've come back to believe that we can't let this deter us. Jackie Robinson would not let something like this deter him. And if we're truly going to portray ourselves as uh, in the image of Jackie Robinson, then we have to take this awful situation and move forward. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're able to, to pick up and, and continue on. I saw recently that your GoFundMe page, your goal was to raise $150,000 to replace uh, the statue and, and whatever else needed to go along with that. As of today, how much has been raised? Our uh, our initial uh, goal was 100000 and we we were able to meet that, and now our goal is 200000 and we're going to... Okay. Here's my thought on that, and... There has been some criticism about why we continue to raise the goal. Um, my reaction to that, yes, we've got enough money on GoFundMe to pay for the statue. There are other needs with League 42. We have facility needs. We need to uh, replace some 70-year-old lights on a couple of our fields. Uh, we'd like to put artificial turf on those fields so that we don't lose games to rain out. There are educational programming needs that will we forever will have, uh, and people want to help. And uh, the the donations have slowed down tremendously. We're not updating that GoFundMe anymore. We're not 
Uh, we're not uh, putting new messages out or anything like that. But, uh, you know, if people want to give $10 and it makes them feel good, why would we uh, look down upon that? Uh, we, we're a nonprofit. Uh, we're always in fundraising mode, whether regardless. Um, this is, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I, I just feel like if people want to help you and you have a GoFundMe page up, there's no requirement to do that. There's no requirement right. to hit, to, to enter a number and hit send. Uh, I feel like the people that are helping GoFundMe are people that want to help League 42 and that maybe believe in the Jackie message and who knows what their motives are. Uh, but I don't know. It when, as I said, uh, we're going to shut, we're going to close that out probably at the end of the weekend. Uh, we have established now a goal of 200,000, but that's really only to keep the page going for people who want to help. If we get to 200,000, we'll, we'll end the GoFundMe. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to appear like we're trying to take advantage of a situation. Uh, but there's a fine line there. Mm -hmm. All right. So I just have a couple more questions and one of them is, is related to that. So people, when, when I posted something about this earlier in the week, first week of February, I got quite a few responses from people saying, how can I give, what can I do to help? And then that's when I roundabout way reached out to you. So what can people who still want to do something to support the league, what can they do, whether it's financial or some other way? Yeah, they can reach out to me. Uh, my email address is leak42wichita at gmail.com, leak42wichita at gmail.com. Uh, they can call our offices at 316-530-4542 and get involved that way. Uh, we're, we would uh, appreciate anyone and everyone who wants to know more about us uh, to do that. If, uh, if you're in Wichita, obviously you hear from me often. I have platforms and I use them uh, without hesitation to try to drum up interest. Most of the interest I try to drum up now, some is financial, of course. We're, as a nonprofit, we have needs and we have bills to pay and uh, our our way to do that is to raise money uh, but a lot of what i reach out my my outreach is to find coaches and tutors and volunteers and people who support us in those ways they're just as valuable as the the folks who give us money okay and my last question today is there a lesson to be learned from the past week in other words, what, what is the moral of this story, the way you see it at this point? Well, boy, that's a good question, Melvin. I feel like I'm in a class. I need to write a paper on this. <laughs> uh, the moral to this story is a, is a moral as old as time, really. And it's one that I don't know that there's ever been anyone who represented it as well as Jackie Robinson. And that's to not give in. And uh, no matter what happens to you negatively no matter who tells you you can't do something 
no matter how how mean people are to you and how much they hurt you and they hurt those around you um the the important thing is to have a dream and make that do the, do whatever you can to make that dream a reality you're not going to succeed all the time but really the success in trying to make a a dream a reality is not for that dream to always come true but for you to pursue it uh with integrity and and heart so i guess the the what i come away from this feeling is that uh, this was a dream of mine leap 42 it was a dream of mine i i didn't have a name for it at the time but something similar to what this is now uh, was a dream of mine long ago and uh there have been those who said you know you probably this probably won't succeed although you know I'm, i had this dream i worked hard to make it happen i found people who would support it and who would also work hard to make it happen and here we are we have a youth baseball organization in wichita that's doing good so the moral moral the short answer don't give up on your dreams awesome well that's a great lesson to remember and we'll end this episode on that note so our guest today has been bob lutz the executive director of league 42 baseball organization in wichita kansas mr lutz thank you so much for joining me today i know you've been very busy i appreciate your time Melvin, I really appreciate it. Thank you for uh, having me, and it's good to meet you, and uh, appreciate all you do as well. Thank you, sir. All right, that's it for this week's episode of Stories from Real Life. Join us again next time for another great storytelling journey. Until then, don't forget to shine some light wherever you go. That was another edition of Stories from Real Life with your host, Melvin E. Edwards. Join us again next time for more stories about more things than you can imagine. Some of those true stories may even be about real life. See you next time.